welcome you guys to this episode of the Well-Read Dames podcast. I'm Ashley Finley, and today on this author highlight, I'm here speaking with author Rachel J. Good. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Hi, Ashley. I'm so glad to be here. So I was so excited when you contacted me, so thank you for doing that. Um, I, I'm not sure if you know anything about my background, but um, oh, I know we've talked about it. I live in Indiana, and you write Amish romances. And this is a situation where I know very little about the Amish community, but there is a very big Amish population in Indiana, um, as you know. So um, I was really excited when you reached out because I was like, this is such an opportunity. I felt like to learn and to venture into a genre I've never even thought about before, you know? (laughs) So I read your book, um, (laughs) The Amish Teacher's Gift, uh, your recommendation. And I, I really loved it. I was, I was scared going into it because um, I was afraid I wouldn't be able to relate to it. But I really found it like enjoyable and relatable. So thank you so much for coming on here. Um, before we kind of get into this, um, is there anything that you want to tell people about yourself before we get talking? Um, just that I, I write um, in all different genres and I have a lot of different pen names, but Amish is my favorite. And um, I've got quite a few series coming out. I spend a lot of time in Amish country with friends. So I, I love doing the research part of it. I spend a lot of time researching. So it's, it's just kind of been, been my heart. I, I find that books that attract, I mean, research that attracts me um, ends up in a book. And I could really tell when I was reading it, it felt so authentic the storyline um and it was it was amazing it was almost not like historical fiction but you know when you're reading historical fiction you learn like historical things along the way that you didn't know that's how Mm -hmm. I felt reading this book because it would be something I was like oh I didn't know that about the Amish community and then I would keep going (laughs) (laughs) and I really appreciated that um I found it really compelling so how did you get involved with the Amish community um in the beginning, has it always been like a family connection or just growing up? And I, I believe you're from Lancaster. Is that correct? Um, outside of the Lancaster area. But we spent a lot of time in Lancaster because um, my husband had relatives there, too. So um, I was a, actually a librarian and part of our library community was in the Amish country. So um, a lot of Amish families came into the library and I got to know them that way. But then I also had more of an opportunity to make friends when I got a lovely assistant who helps me or um, takes me to places. She's very good about um, helping me um, find places for research. Um, and uh, once I got in with her, I got to know the Amish community. It's a kind of situation where if you meet one Amish person and you get to know them, you get to know their family and their friends, and then you get to know the family and friends of the, those people, and it just kind of grows, and then pretty soon you are you feel like you're part of the Amish community. That's amazing that it's so, like, warm and welcoming to you. You know what I mean? Because I, like, I got that sense from the book, you know, <laughs> um, but it's such a private community that... I, that's why I know so little about it. You know what I mean? So I, I really enjoyed having that insight because it's something I've always been curious about. Um, and I loved, like, you really do a great detail in your story of of highlighting because your characters are involved in not, not only the Amish community, but Josiah, for example, works in, like, in the English world as well, you know? And, and Ada works with the community center 
in the, you know, they interact with like outside people from their community. So they, they interact with what they refer to as the English, which is the non-Amish community all the time. Um, and I really like that because it, it just kind of showed that people don't always respect their, um, their beliefs specifically. Um, and, and I found that like really, really hard to read about, you know, because it, it just comes down to, to basic respect of people's choices. I felt, you know, um, and I thought you did a really good job of highlighting that without making that the main focus of the storyline, you know? Right. You know, that I tried hard to do that. And one of the things that, um, that people don't really understand is like each Amish community is very different. So like I read about the Amish in the Lancaster area who have kind of integrated more into the English community, mm-hmm. um, partially because there's not as much farmland as there used to be. So a lot of people are getting jobs outside, you know, the typical farmland, whereas some of the communities are, are very insular and they don't really welcome outsiders. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really quite different. Um, and people think, you know, they all kind of look the same, but once I started getting to know them, I realized even just little details like their hats, their uh, prayer, co- prayer coverings, their caps um, are different shapes in different communities and the, even the width of the straw hat brims for the men are different and some of them have different rules and they accept different things. So that to me was very fascinating to find out. It's a lot of that. Yeah. You were telling me about the caps varying um, community community. And I thought even it was interesting, just things I would never pick up on. Uh, Like Josiah has a beard and that signifies that he is married or was married, you know? Mm-hmm, right. And I was like, I had no idea about that. <laughs> I was like, that's such like a, just an easy way to know something about someone without having to ask, without having to have that personal conversation. It was just kind of, you know, and I just thought like how many, I have no idea, like how many times I've, you know, I've never even thought about it. It's just some people have beards and some people don't have beards, like a whatever, you know? <laughs> you didn't but, know it meant anything, right? I didn't know it meant anything. Yeah, it was one of those things I was like, oh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so I really enjoyed it. So um, who who was your main audience, do you find, uh, for your stories? Well, interestingly enough, even though they're called Amish romances, um, most of the Amish don't read them. Um, they're really not supposed to, although some do. One of my friends who's a bookseller says that um, Amish come in her used bookstore and take back, take stacks of them home with them. So, <laughs> so, so, so they are reading them, even though most of them aren't really supposed to. Um, actually, most of my readers are fascinated by the Amish lifestyle. I'm amazed mm-hmm. by how many people are really just interested in, you know, how the Amish live the way they do. And then I also have a lot who are like conservative um, Christian women who want clean romances, you know, with, and, you know, a little bit, you know, like faith-based type things that are in it as well. So I really did. I appreciated the clean romance and I'm a reader of all varieties of romance, basically. And I was, I was almost nervous that it wouldn't be easy to build. It would be like harder to build those relationships without having that kind of element of romance in the story. Um but I didn't find it lacking at all. Like I felt the story compelling. I was really into their relationship and their romance. And so I was super pleased that I read a clean romance story, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and that I loved it, you know? And so I really appreciated that. Um, And it's funny that you said, because when I was reading it, I was like, 
I don't know if they would be allowed to read this storyline. Like in the Amish community, I was like, everything is so proper and above board. And I was like, this is kind of taboo feeling, you know? (laughs) But at the same time, like that's, um, I'm going to just get into this, like Ada and Josiah's relationship, which once again, I'm talking about the Amish teacher's gift, um, which I highly recommend. Um, It's luckily the, the first book that Rachel recommended I start with of her books and um, there's an element of forbidden romance to their relationship, which, I mean, if you want a hook, line, and sinker, there you go, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I imagined in such kind of a strict, um, like, upbringing, like, so many internal conflicts, I feel like, would arise from that if you really, like, when you really, really like someone, you know, and, and you're supposed to be very reserved and and follow all the proper protocol and the rules, I, I felt like that would be really challenging, you know, because it goes against your basic instinct of a human of, I like this person, I want to be close to this person, I like this person, I want to talk to this person, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but instead, it's like, there's all these layers, like, you, you should have a chaperone, and you shouldn't be alone together, and, you know, I was like, oh, that would be so difficult, you know? <laughs> Like as teenagers, I totally get it, but they were adults, and I was like, "Oh, it's still so many rules, you know." <laughs> yeah, they have quite a bit, and and that's one of the things. I mean, sometimes it's it's difficult to you know like consider the storyline, the romantic tension, and keep it going when you know you only have like gazes and hand brushing or accidental contact. So it really has to be all about the relationship between the two of them. Um, it's funny. One of my friends who writes contemporary romance. Um, she didn't want to read mine. She's kind of the same way you are, you know, she didn't want anything to do with a clean romance. <laughs> and after she finished, she said, wow, that was hotter than mine, even though they didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> it had that, like that intense, passionate vibe to it, you know, <laughs> even though it was like, he looked at me and my face heated. I was like, oh my God, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Well, when you're in, when you, once you get in it, I mean, it just, that's, that's where the tension is building. I think the nice thing about that is because it, it really does give you a chance to build more of a relationship because you're not working mm-hmm. toward, you know, the other, the bedroom goals and, and kind of thing. So, um, you know, you have more of a story and more of a connection between the two. So. Well, I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, what would you say is your favorite part just about writing in general? Um, my favorite part is the plotting. I love to come up with ideas, um, figure out, what the characters' motivations are and how they can strike sparks off each other. Um, Not just romantic sparks, but those are really important too. But also just in general, like how they'll, you know, what will cause them to have conflict with each other and, Mm -hmm. and cause them to grow as a person. So there was a lot of that in that book actually with her sisters. Oh my gosh. Ada's whole situation was crazy. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like her younger sister, Oh, I loved her, but also I was like, get it together. You know what I mean? And she's just a little kid. You know, she had so much responsibility. Um, I really felt for her, you know? (laughs) As an older sibling of one, I was like, this is impossible. You know? (laughs) (laughs) And so I really appreciated that part of her storyline. And so, so you said that you write other other other, under other pen names uh stories that are not Amish driven what kind of what kind of stories are those that you like to write for your novels um most of them most of them are um children's books so oh wonderful other love yeah I I do um so I have yeah I have two different (laughs) two different sides of me but yeah 
Oh, that's great. I find, I find that children's books would also be challenging because you have to have morals and like for every story has to be a lesson. I feel like that's how I would feel about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the one thing you you really have to work on with that is you don't want any kid to feel like they're getting a lesson. So uh, to me, that's, you know, you try not to do it, make it preachy or moralize or anything like that. So the lesson has to come out somehow and the theme has to come out somehow without the kids being aware of it basically yeah. <laughs> it's like vegetables <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> morals are like vegetables <laughs> cover them in cheese right exactly <laughs> that's, that's wonderful oh, that's really cool um and so when you're like reading yourself like because I like I feel like to be a good writer you have to be a good reader and I feel like you're a great writer so I imagine that you read a lot as well what kind of stories do you like to read or consume what kind of novels pique your interest when you're when you're grabbing new books to read um I love to read anything and everything um I mean I'm, I was I was a voracious reader um from the time I learned to read and for a long time I was weak but oh my god um, yeah <laughs> then I had kids and then I started once I started writing I found I did you know I had to give up my reading time which really makes me sad I don't get to read as much as I used to um, as far as probably my favorites, I would say um, mysteries and self-help books are the two that I like the best. But I, I'm the kind I would read anything from cereal box, back of a cereal box, you know, to <laughs> advertising signs. I mean, if it has words on it, I'll read it. I love it. I do like like certain varieties of self-help books a lot. Um, like I recently, and I'm excited for the next one. Um, girl wash your face by rachel hollis like i loved her book i don't know if you've read it but i loved it it's Um, on my on my to read list you should it's so good i really liked it and then um she just came out with girl stop apologizing which i have not picked up yet (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like a good one too i know yeah it's and it's it's weird because and like the i feel like we need to change the title of self-help books because i feel like the title that like turns off the people that need it the most, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it does. It kind of sounds, yeah, that's true. It does sound a little off-putting. <laughs> yeah, because it's like self-help. It's like, I don't need help. And then you walk away from the book because people, at least myself, are inherently stubborn. Um, <laughs> and then when you read them, you're like, I feel really relatable about this. And I feel like I'm working through stuff in this in this book and I find it really helpful. So um, I read a lot of those myself. So, and um, I enjoy like the audiobooks, especially if they are read by the author. I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you get to you kind of get to feel the author's personality coming through, which is is nice. Exactly, yeah. and I think that's really helpful for those type of books where maybe not like actual fictional novels. Like, I wouldn't want to read my own audiobook, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would not be the best person to do that. That's not my voice. But if I was just telling you a story, I feel like that would be okay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, right <laughs> well, that's great um and so so what kind of um, upcoming projects do you have for 2019 oh my goodness let's see I have um the, the novel in that series um the teacher's gift mm-hmm. the third one um the Amish Amish widow's rescue is coming out in May and then in in June I have it's the fourth book in this um, Sisters and Friends series. Um, that'll be Big City Amish is coming out. That's a Walmart exclusive with, with Harlequin. So you oh, can wow. only get it. You can only get it at Walmart. Although I did see it, some, somebody had 
put it up on Amazon. So we'll see what happens with that. Hmm. Um, I have two anthologies coming out this summer, one an Amish romance. And then I'm trying a different genre, um, Summer of Suspense. It's a joint project with 15 other mystery and suspense writers. Um, it's already up for pre-order. And we made number one in Barnes & Noble and number one in Apple when it came out. So we're happy about that. It'll be out on Amazon in August. So That's amazing. Do you know what it's going to be called? It's called Summer of Suspense. Oh, Summer so. of Suspense. Sorry. <laughs> no, that, yeah, that was a title. I it probably didn't sound like the title when I said it. But <laughs> yeah. Well, that's amazing. I love suspense stories. That That's really exciting. So so you work with Harlequin. What's your experience been like working with them? It, that was, it was actually very unusual. This is kind, kind of a bit of a long story. But um, my Sisters and Friends series was accepted by a publisher. And they took, it took three books and we're considering the fourth and when we got to the third book and I was getting ready to turn it in my editor asked me to come up with three more ideas which I did and I sent them to her and a few days later she emailed me and she said could we have a phone conversation on Friday I feel like mm. yeah sure you know I figured oh, we're gonna hear you know what she wants changed or what you know what needs to be done before they accept them and she calls me and she's crying and she says, I'm really sorry, but they're closing our fiction line. Um, they're, they're a huge publisher, but they're mainly nonfiction. Mm. Um, they do a lot of Bibles and Christian books and things like that. And I guess the fiction was a try that didn't work out real well for them. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, this was, I had just turned in the third book. She said, the second book is coming out in time before the cutoff, but the third and fourth books will not come out. And plus, I had these three stories that I, you know, I, I was here expecting, you know, to hear that I was going to be getting a contract and, yeah. <laughs> and some money. And it was right before Christmas. So, oh, no. And then, oh, my and, gosh. And then, of course, that meant I wasn't going to get paid for the book I just finished and turned in either. Yeah. Um, so I was, I, I called my agent and um, she's amazing. Um, it's Nicole Bassanidi with the Seymour Agency. And she said, Take those three storylines that you said send to her, give them a little spin and um, get them to me as soon as you can. So I sent them to her over the weekend. And on Monday, she said, I have three editors that are interested in buying them. Oh, my gosh. So um, it turned out Grand Central was the one that bought them. And the book that you read, The Teacher's Gift, was the first one in that series. (laughs) So that series came out. And then... Um, about two months later, I got an email from an editor at Harlequin, and she said that she liked my first two books that had come out, mm-hmm. and she wondered if they could buy those and any other books that were supposed to go in that series. Well, my publisher refused to sell the first two books, but Harlequin took the other two books, and they're putting them out. The first one came out in February, and the second one's coming out in June, so... <laughs> It was kind of a miracle, I, you know, for me. Yeah, anyway. absolutely. So that was pretty awesome. Good for you getting through that because that just sounds like, like you said, right before Christmas. And that's, I mean, that's your work and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> everything was kind of out of your control there for a moment. So I'm so glad <laughs> that they picked it up. Yeah. Especially since um, I loved, I loved Amish teacher's gift so much. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that's the thing. Those three, those three books were my favorites. They were, I liked them even more than the first series. 
So I was really disappointed about that. So it worked out really well. But just to keep things so that, you know, I don't always have to depend on publishers. Um, I've been doing some self-publishing and things like that <laughs> of my own. And then I'm working on a, a co-writing series with another Amish author, Amy Lillard. And that one will be coming out. Um, the first book will come out in August. They'll come out one every month until February. And it's based on our favorite Amish popcorn shop. So it's seven sisters who work in the popcorn shop own and work in it so we're having a lot of fun with that one. <laughs> that sounds very interesting so they yeah. the seven sisters together own and operate the popcorn shop <laughs> yeah yes that's amazing <laughs> so that they each have conflicts and they each have romance that they end up with so that's a lot of storylines to keep straight I was very impressed with the amount of storylines that were going on in your stories and kept straight I have I think like five main characters in my story <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just sometimes I'm like oh, I need to have more conversations with Margo you know <laughs> <laughs> pull this one in pull that one in yeah <laughs> sure you got that one <laughs> exactly I'll be like all right recently I've been editing because I'm self-publishing my first book very soon hopefully I'm really I wanted it done in March cool. but I I told you about my stuff with my mom going on so that kind of delayed right. me like a month but so hopefully April yay but it was so funny because I was reading a part and then I, I noticed I mentioned something that in my head, because it's so hard because in my head, I know everything, but right. actually writing it down so anyone else knows is the problem. That's the whole point of writing. And I was like, I've never mentioned that before in this book. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I was like, when do you explain it and who to have it with? And Margot was my character I chose because she's kind of like an unlikable character. But I was like, I need, I need more conversations with her. And there's not many because like, I don't like her, which is why she exists. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. I always like to have one unlikable character in my books. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Wasn't it the bishop's wife? Um, yes, she was. She was. She was um, one in this one. <laughs> someone buy her a cupcake. Come on, like, why is she so mad? Like, <laughs> cheer up. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. So I feel like it's it's good and exciting to have like at least one unlikable character but yeah keeping so many lines storylines straight I applaud you because that's amazing so um that's really good well I'm really excited for your for your upcoming work um and so did you go to you were at the 20 books to 50k conference am I correct um, I didn't get there but I would love to have been yeah oh, okay I'm, yeah I was not there either <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I would like to go Facebook group and I <laughs> I'm learning a lot from them. Yeah, I'd love to go too. I was look, thinking about the Las Vegas one that's supposed to be coming up right soon here where they're popping it up so we can register or something. I think registration today. I have it in my calendar for today. Unfortunately, I'm not registering yeah. today, so I probably won't be going. But <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever gone to any writing conferences or things like that? Yeah, I've gone to quite a few. Um, I've spoken at quite a few also. But, oh, wow. Um, oh, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually going to be speaking at RWA this summer, so I'm on a panel. Oh my gosh! About um, diversity and uh, um, my double. I'll be talking about teachers' gift with you know the special needs school and things mm -hmm. like that. So, actually, every book in that that series has some kind of special needs. The next book, the Amish Midwife's Secret, is about um, diseases that the Amish have that you know that like inherited diseases that nobody else in the in the world has really um, there's a special clinic in the Lancaster area that um I toured which is awesome they're doing such wonderful work with the genes and things like that they 
they're amazing. So that was really fascinating. So that came out in my, my um, second book. So a lot of people have not even heard of them. It was like maple syrup, urine disease and chicken breast disease and things like that. So. See, and there were so, there's so much, like I said, that I, I didn't even to know about. And I know that we have, um, I have a friend that works in the hospital and I told her that I was reading this story and she said, oh, we, you know, we get a lot of Amish patients at their hospital because they specialize in a lot of things. So I'm sure that's kind of what she was talking about. Um, Oh yeah, exactly. And she, you know, she was like, these, she's like, these books are really popular. And she said that they, um, that there were a bunch of Amish kind of romance books in their gift shop at the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I'm absolutely sure, but I'm so glad that this genre exists. You know, I mean, I feel like if you've not read it, you should, because one, it was a great story. Um, And it was insight to a different kind of culture, which I really liked. Um, and a culture that I felt like would be intimidating to kind of like learn about. I would never ask, I would put my foot in my own mouth a hundred times over trying to have any sort of conversation immediately. So I applaud you for doing that. You know, (laughs) I don't know the rules, you know, but, um, but I mean, for example, when I, my, my whole family is a bunch of readers, you know, like I've been reading since I was really little. Um, my grandma reads, my mom reads, everyone reads in my family. And even my uncles, they all, they, I mean, they're all reading like Star Trek books, but you know, (laughs) right. Exactly. (laughs) Like that's their favorite gift. You know, it's like you get them socks or you get them Star Trek books and they are like super happy at Christmas, you know? Um, (laughs) uh, But my grandma, we've gotten to a point where we're only buying her like Nicholas Sparks books, you know? (laughs) And more than once, my sister and myself have gotten her the same book that my cousin Andrea has gotten her. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> so we now have to coordinate what books we're getting her and I remember um we went we were Christmas shopping and we're at Barnes and Noble and we're like romance I'm like she loves romance you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I go to the romance section and it was just the titles were atrocious I was like I can't buy my girl any of these books yeah, you know grandma no just don't go to the <laughs> just, just the titles I mean and the titles are clever and they're funny and I like I would read them but I was like I need a book that is that is clean or cleanish for my grandmother, you know? <laughs> and so that's when we all started buying the Nicholas Sparks book. So I was excited because I was like, this is a clean romance and I can recommend to people that I know are, are that are, I have a good friend that's in my book club um, that I just met with last night. And we just read the Court of uh, Thorns and Roses series. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we read, we were like, we'll pick the first book. And then we ended up reading the whole series. It's like the next month. It was, we really loved it. But she really gets uncomfortable with unclean romance, I've mm. realized. And and she's very, you know, religious and she's a wonderful person and I love her, you know, but she was like, <laughs> I was flipping pages trying to get past scenes in that book, you know? <laughs> and she's like, it just made her uncomfortable. And so um, I was like, guess what? I have a clean romance recommendation for you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I love it. I think there's a huge market for it and an underserved market as well. Um, and so I'm sorry I went on a tangent, yeah. but I do that. <laughs> um, that's right. That's all right. It was interesting. And and when you said that, it reminded me that really um, a lot of my fans are actually <laughs> 60 and up. I mean, I have a lot, you know, a lot of women in their 80s that love my books. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Absolutely. You know, because I mean, because they don't want they don't want what's out there right now in the room. Right. They don't. They don't want the Fifty Shades. So. They don't want that. Right. You know? No. Exactly. Some of them do, but most of mine don't. know. Yeah. They're not. 
<laughs> they don't want to be, you know, praying about church about their book reads. You know, I get it. <laughs> I'm in the Midwest. I understand. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think it's great. Um, and and I applaud you for writing them because once again, I was like, how are you going to make this romantic? And then I was like, it's so romantic. So I loved it. And it, it made me kind of re-question my own writing a little bit, but I was like, I'm not that talented but that's okay (laughs) but yeah I mean it's I think it's wonderful um and so how can your fans connect with you do you um do a lot of engagement with your fans do you do like newsletters or things that people can sign up for um yeah I have a newsletter um my website you know they can go to that www.racheljacob.com um there's a newsletter sign up um I'm on Facebook a lot that's one of my favorite places to interact and I have on Facebook a special group. If you, people who are interested in just finding out more about the Amish, and I talk about my research and, you know, post pictures and things like that. It's called um, Rachel J. Good's Hitching Post. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, that that one's on. That's like a private Facebook group. You can ask to join if you're interested. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter and all the usuals. Probably not as much as I should be, but. <laughs> But, well, um, I mostly I do Instagram, so I will find you and tag you in, in things when we do this, when I post this up. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Because I posted about it yesterday um, on my stories, you know, because I always try and let people know when I'm when I'm recording anything, especially with another another author. And um, a response from one of one of the authors that I speak with a lot reached out and she was like, that's such an exciting genre, you know? <laughs> and I was like, that's how I felt. <laughs> And so I would love to be able to like link to your Instagram on that. So that's wonderful. Oh, great. Okay. I'm looking forward to connecting with you and I'll look forward to your book. Do you have a title? Um, oh yes. Um, so it is called Dawn of a New Life and um, it's part, it's part one of a, at least right now a three book series is my arc that I have. Um, and it's kind of like a fantasy romance kind of sci-fi, like kind of like romantic X-Men, but you know what I'm saying. But, <laughs> but That's a good it, way to put it. <laughs> exactly. It follows our main character who has no um, under memory or understanding of who her family is or that she has any type of abilities. And it's about her life when she's kind of suddenly thrown into that world that she didn't know existed. So that's the dawn of the new life i realized after i'd already done it that it kind of like sounded and looked like a vampire story um (laughs) and i was like oh no but um that's okay so (laughs) disappointing to to vampire fans everywhere but uh no it's kind of about abilities so but it's it's, but it's really good but it's not clean unfortunately for clean readers out here i'm just gonna put that out there if you're listening to this and you love a clean romance you're going to be flipping pages. So <laughs> be advised. Um, I wrote on the, on my description for mature audiences only because. Oh, yeah, know, that's smart. I right. was like, I don't want people to think it's like a young adult book and, you know, buy it for their 15 year old daughter. And, you know what I mean? And be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. My mom used to read a bunch of Anne Rice books and then just give them to me, which I loved. Like, I love them. I love her stories. I love like scary stories, you know, and, and they were very fascinating. They are not clean, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was reading them at like 12 years old and I was like, I don't well. think I should be reading this, you know? <laughs> this is not a storyline for me, but you know, say Libby. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for talking to me today. I love talking to you. Um, is there anything else that, that you want to talk about or that we should cover? I, we've covered kind of all of my questions. Um, and I don't want to waste your time, but <laughs> I'm happy to keep talking. Oh, that's all right. No, I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. Um, I, you know, feel free to share it with, with anyone um, and everyone on your social medias. And okay. I will do the same. And I'm going to keep reading your stories. So because I love them, I'm oh, going to read the, the, the rest of these. Um, do they have to do with Ada and Josiah? Or is it about new characters every time? It's about new characters. Um, okay. In Ada and Josiah, Leah, I don't know if you remember. Mm-hmm. She was I do. her best friend. Oh, yeah. So she'll be the next character. Oh, good. Okay, good. Yeah, no spoilers on that story, but I had strong feelings about Leah at one part of that book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people didn't like her for a while there. (laughs) I I gasped out loud. (laughs) My husband was like, what's happened? I was like, I can't tell you. (laughs) So so wonderful. Well, thank you so much for talking to me, Rachel, and I hope we get to talk again at some point in the future. If you want to come back on, please let me know, and we'll absolutely set it up. Um, And you have a wonderful weekend and a great day. You too. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, thank you. Bye.